Where would you like to be in a year? Seriously, where do you think you could be if you had a year of dedicated focus, self-care, systems that work best for you, and a community that held you accountable, supported, and uplifted you the entire way? What does that look like for you? If that vision is something that puts a smile on your face and excites you, then Club Gentler might be perfect for you. To make sure, then click the link in the show notes and watch my free workshop, How to Set Time Aside for Your Side Hustles or Goals Without Waiting to Feel Motivated. You'll get to learn my productivity method, the Power Hour Goal Method, from top to bottom, and you'll also be able to see if Club Gentler is a great fit. I hope to see you on the inside. Now let's get back to the episode. Hi everyone, I'm Maya Fleming and you're listening to Gentler, a podcast about post-grad life, adulthood, and self-care. Hey everyone, it's Maya. Welcome back to a Gently Chat episode. This week I was speaking with Bria Evenson, aka The Period Whisperer. So I'll have all her information in the show notes, of course, but we chatted a lot about menstrual cycles and knowing when to slow down because of them and how to implement those changes in like everyday busy schedules because, you know, life doesn't stop just because you're on your period, unfortunately. So we chat a lot about that and, and other things about growing up and, and aging. And I think it was just a great conversation just about being gentler with yourself, which is obviously the whole premise of this show. So if you enjoy it, definitely go check out Bria, share this episode with a friend, rate and review it, and I will talk to you all again soon. Bye. Hi, Bria. Thank you so much for being with us today. How are you doing? I'm great. Thanks for having me, Maya. I really appreciate it. I'm so happy to be here. <laughs> so I ask everyone when they come on, what kind of self-care have you been doing lately, if anything? In anything. So I think I would say the biggest thing that I do for self-care these days is actually what I call cycle syncing or tracking my period and Ooh. tracking like my hormone rhythms so that I am always working in flow with my female hormone rhythm. I love that. I have questions that we're going to get to it. But first, um, would you love to tell the audience about who you are and a little bit about your background and what you do? I'd love to. Thank you. So um, I am a Canadian living in America and uh, I am married. I have two kids. My kids are 12 and nine, which is crazy to me. Yeah. <laughs> I live in, in the Arizona area, in the Phoenix, Arizona area. We've been here for about four years, but I'm originally from Toronto, Ontario. And um, I have been, you know, in health and fitness and a personal trainer and nutrition coach for about a decade. Um, and then about four years ago, around the time we actually moved out here, um, I started hearing um, a pretty consistent message from a lot of my clients. So a lot of my clients are around my age. I'm 39 now, so I'm a little bit further along in my um, in my womanhood than than you are. <laughs> some of your uh, some of your followers, but I feel like some of this messaging is I wish I'd known two decades. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, so a lot of the things I started hearing from women, my clients were, you know, I'm really overwhelmed. I have this brain fog. I don't know where my energy is. You know, I, um, my PMS is getting kind of crazy or, you know, what was once working in my health and fitness journey is no longer working. Cause a lot of the times mm-hmm. women come to me and they're coming to me because they want to feel better physically in their body and then feel better about themselves. Um, so whether that's weight loss or energy gain or, you know, just overall holistic health, that's why they come. And I was running into this issue with a lot of women about four years ago, where it was a pretty consistent pattern of what was working is no longer working. And, um, it, it hit me hard for sure. I remember thinking, 
I, I had a hard time actually looking for more clients because I was very confused about being unable to help, you know, these women that, you know, I'd worked with for a long time and um, it just felt like something was not right. And then about two years ago, I started having very similar symptoms myself mm-hmm. uh, where I started feeling like um, all of those same things. Like, you know, I was waking up in the night and I was, I was exhausted in the afternoon and like all this, I wasn't changing anything in terms of the workouts that I'd always done and the new way I'd always eaten that had worked really well for me and helped me have energy. Now my energy was kind of disappearing um, and crazy, you know, months of really crazy PMS or really irregular periods and things like that. And it took me to my physician. I went to my physician and I said to her, she's so amazing. I said, you know, I'm 38 and I think I'm in menopause. Um, and she was so sweet. You know, she smiled <laughs> asked me a few questions and she did my blood work, but she's like, no, you know, you're the picture of health. Like this is just what happens. And I laughed and I don't know if that's ever happened to you or you, but, uh, if you've ever gone, you know, been certain something's not right and you go to the doctor and they assure you you're okay. And, and you should feel comforted by that. But it, it, I, I left feeling really unsettled. Like I don't think I can continue the next 38 years of my life feeling like this, like that can't be right. Right. Are other women just faking it till they make it? Like I see women all the time feeling vibrant, feeling great, feeling happy in their skin. And, um, and it got me down a journey that really changed kind of the trajectory of my career, um, you know, where I really dove into more of a holistic health approach and, and specifically in female hormones um, and, and cortisol. So that's a big, that's what I do now is that I help women um, lower the stress in their body, understand their female hormone rhythm so that they can you know, live their best life, whether that is, um, again, weight loss, energy gain, but ultimately, you know, worrying less about a scale and more about how do I become more in my life? Yeah, Uh, yeah, that's what I do. I love that. I am someone who I gained weight during quarantine. It was just part of it. And I didn't necessarily feel bad about it, but I felt like I should be working on getting back to quote unquote normal of like oh at one point like I've been this height since I was 12 so I was like I used to at one point I was like 115 and I can't imagine like visualizing myself (laughs) at that size now but um I would say like seventh grade maybe I gained like 20 or 30 pounds and I was a dancer and I had gotten fitted for my costumes beforehand, before the weight gain. And then the costume came in afterwards. And my dance teacher was like, did you gain weight? And I was like, yeah, I did. She's like, well, don't do that. That's so unhealthy. And I was like, huh. And that kind of stuck with me. And then when I had another weight gain or noticed another weight gain this year, I kind of had that same feeling like, okay, well, I should should be trying to lose weight. But I just could not wrap my head around it. Long story yeah. short, I bought, I bought clothes recently and I sized everything up from my normal size and I put them on. I was like, I, I look fine. I feel fine by the way I look. Like I, it's a weight gain. Like how about we just kind of focus less? And I understand when people want to kind of align the way that they look with the way that they want to feel and all of that. Like I'm definitely not against weight loss journeys, but I, I like what you said about focusing less on the scale and more so about how we want to feel. And I think that is so important because if I had kind of taken that scope elsewhere, I think I would just been really unhappy and in doing exercising and and, and nutrition things with the wrong intention, just trying to look a certain way rather than feel a certain way. I think that's a really a key distinction that people should make. 
Um, I want to talk a little bit about periods because you mentioned that was part of your self-care. And I have to say that is one of the most unique self-care things people have said on the show. And I love it. So I want to know more about like how, like what you do with your period. I know you talk a lot about that on your Instagram as well about periods. So I would love to know more about that. Absolutely. First, I do want to say you have the most beautiful outlook on body and health. Like that really is, I think that is so alignment with this idea of being a gentler podcast, you know, about, because ultimately it like, I think women are magic. And I think that our magic is unleashed when we feel good about ourselves and we get to define what that is, you know, and cause it really doesn't matter what other people think. And when we learn that about ourselves and we're like, well, how do I feel? I feel good. I feel like I'll, then it, it, it takes away whatever shape or definition. And you're like, no, no, no good. Like, like looking good is a feeling. Feeling good is really what unleashes that magic, right? If I'm not standing in my own way, thinking about other things, it's what gets there. But anyway, I just was, I hope thank that my you. daughter <laughs> that way. So that was a, thank you for sharing that. I'm going to remember that message. <laughs> um, so yeah, you know, one of the biggest things I've learned, and this is again, something that I wish I'd known earlier, and I'm trying to really spread this message to the next generations of women um, and certainly and beyond is, how important or how much information our female hormone rhythm and our, and our menstrual cycle, which is what it's more commonly known as, holds for us. And um, ultimately, one of the biggest eye openers for me that I learned in the last, you know, in my journey of research, been that you know, everyone in the world operates on a circadian rhythm, which is um, a 24 hour rhythm hormone cycle in our body that dictates, you know, what wakes us up in the morning, what makes us, you know, feel really productive or have energy, what makes us a bit more social in the afternoon, like happy hour time and what puts us to sleep at night. Those are all driven in a circadian rhythm and it's all very hormonal and the world operates on that. Um, and all humans operate on that, but women of reproductive age. So from the time we get our period and I would argue forever, but, you know, certainly until you actually go through menopause closer in your, you know, mid to late fifties, we, op we also operate on an infradian rhythm, which is why I think women are better multitaskers to <laughs> <Because laughs> multitask two rhythms our whole life. But our infradian, our, our infradian rhythm is our female hormone rhythm and it operates not on 24 hours. It operates on 28 days, which means instead of in a 24 hour cycle where you literally in 24 hours get the same levels of hormones day after day after day, we actually have varying hormones in a 28 day cycle. And that matters because it tells us that we can't we really shouldn't be operating the exact same way at the same intensity every day of our mm. life week after week because our hormones require us kind of like mother nature and the seasons to have seasons. Um, and for us, it's a 28 day cycle of season and how it looks is like this. When, you know, the day after you finish your period is called what they call your follicular phase. And it's very much like the spring. If you picture in your body, I always picture like, you know, um, I'm from the North. So I always picture like tulips coming up, pushing up through, you know, snow and snow melting a little bit. Like I picture it's the begin. When we think of spring, we think of new energy, new birth, new excitement. And it's the beginning of our estrogen kind of coming into play again. So our estrogen starts to really rise in this follicular phase. And it, it, you know, lasts anywhere from seven to 10 days, your follicular phase. But, you know, ultimately that first week after your period, we start to have some more energy. We also have, um, 
we have lower stress levels in our body at that time. And our metabolism is a little bit lower, which lends itself to us being able to do more. I don't know if you've ever experienced, you know, times where you, you feel like you can do everything. And then we yeah. sort of like, what was I thinking? To yes. Me? Oh my God. Yes. <laughs> That's your hormones. And when you start to know that you can operate properly within it, as opposed to saying yes to everything and then feeling like you need to say no to everything later mm-hmm. um, and keeping yourself kind of stuck, right? Um, or feel pushing yourself when really you shouldn't be pushing yourself. So that first bit is your follicular phase. Uh, and then we move into ovulation phase, which is um, our summer. And it's like full bloom. All our hormones are coming coming into play. You know, it's, it's the only time of the month where you can get pregnant if you're trying to. And that's why we're often our most vibrant, our most outgoing. It's when we're most social. And we can handle, again, we can continue to handle a lot during that time. If you like fitness, the follicular phase and the ovulation phase are really a time to start workout programs or start nutrition plans because you have the like organization and the coordination um, from the estrogen in order to accomplish those things. But then we, of course, head into the kind of the second half of our cycle. As you head into your luteal phase or what we call the fall, really, of your body, it's just like fall in the world or mother nature, you know, like things are starting to kind of wind down. You know, you think cozier things, you think warmer foods, you think um, a little less intensity in our workouts and things. Uh, And if you don't honor that time, it begins to deplete you because Mm -hmm. your body in your luteal phase and then, of course, in your menstrual phase, which is your when you bleed, which follows that, of course, um, your body's doing a lot of stuff, right? It's it's like lower in estrogen. Everything kind of tanks down low. We have a rise in progesterone. We have a rise in cortisol, which is a hormone, our stress hormone. And when, and the issue with that, that people don't always notice is that, that your body's doing a lot more so much that your metabolism spikes. Um, so we're burning an extra 350 calories per day during those three weeks. Yeah. And so if you're not working in alignment, you can get really tired. You can feel overwhelmed quickly. You can, you know, burn your body out. If you're trying to push through intense workouts, you can, and then you just don't want to do anything. Um, and so I think for me, when I, when I say that to you about tracking my hormone rhythm as a self-care piece, it's really helped me honor times where it's like, hey, I'm going to rest now and I'm not going to feel guilty about that. Like I'm going to rest now so that I can crush it next week. I'm going to mm-hmm. rest now because that's what my body is asking for, you know, and it, like, it goes the same for sexual health and, you know, how you feel you go in these cycles and I think the more you honor it the better and more fulfilling your life can be as opposed to trying to fit a square peg into a round hole if that makes sense yeah absolutely I'm gonna do this anyway I gotta hustle through I gotta push through that's a very circadian rhythm mindset whereas that's just not how we operate that's so interesting I've never have thought about it in that way so my first question upon hearing that so for women and other people who menstruate how can we, um, I guess, practically implement that when we have like a nine to five work schedule or maybe we go to class at the same times um, every day or at least the same schedule every week when our energy levels might be a little bit different? How can we kind of honor that in a practical way? I love that. It's a great question. So obviously, because the world works in the circadian rhythm, um, you know, yeah, what you're asking is how do we honor that in spite of the fact that, yeah, I still have work. It's not like work is going to start changing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and when you have children, it's not like they're going to be like, oh, yeah, well, true. I forgot about my kids. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, I can't, they're not bunker. 
I, for me, I look at it um, in four pillars of health. So, um, and then she scared me. <laughs> so cute. We have the first four key pillars of health. And when we honor these four pillars in our cycle, in our flow, we keep our stress low. And I'll tell you about them in a second, but it, I just want to say it's what's so important about lowering stress in the body. If we go against our rhythms, we increase stress in the body. And when you're young, when you're under, well, okay, listen, we're all young, but when you're under 35, the body, like youth is forgiving. The body will always try to do what the mind asks of it. Um, it will do everything it can and it will compromise and you might not notice it because youth is forgiving. But when you reach the age of 35, automatically you start moving from being like a shiny new car to a classic, and, <laughs> you know, and we don't actually, you know, things don't necessarily run as smoothly. Our body isn't necessarily as forgiving because it's kind of already headed up to here with your shenanigans, you know, and mm -hmm. um, and what happens is we naturally have higher ele elevated levels of cortisol in the body. And cortisol is that stress hormone. Um, and it's a big one because when it comes on the scene, when we do things to, you know, to squirt more cortisol that causes cortisol to come into our bodies, we have two major issues that happen in the body. One, um, the liver and our other organs whose role is to help facilitate our hormones and any toxins coming at us at all times, which are always coming at us environmentally and through food these days and cleaning products and beauty products. The liver has to say, I can't deal with anything else. Like it's like the boss has come into the room and I got to only do what the boss is saying. So, and what happens is then it has to store the project it was working on, which is usually excess estrogen or excess chemicals, it has to store them in our fat stores. Mm. And so it stores them there. This is why a lot of women in particular get, you know, notice that they have stubborn weight around their midsection to lose if that's bothering them because that's the closest place for it to store it. So it just stores it there for safekeeping because it can't go rampant around the body and it gets to work on the cortisol. So we end up with this tough spot where we have the livers having to overwork and deal with the cortisol coming and it's storing everything else somewhere else. So we can't, and, and that, that doesn't feel good in our body. It starts to cause troubles the older we get. It can come out in, as I said, in brain fog and energy depletion. It can come out in crazy periods. It can come out in insomnia, things that as you get older are really hard for people, of course. They're always hard for people. But And the other issue with excess cortisol is that when it is rampant in the body, it kind of tells our body there's a problem and I have to, I have to prepare to deal with this problem. You know, years ago, the problem was I need to run or fight like a lion or tiger mm -hmm. or bear. And maybe you've heard this kind of concept, but um, now we aren't going to go chase a lion or tiger or bear. <laughs> so right. <laughs> we're living with this stress, these excess cortisol in our body and the body's response is, okay, I'm going to have to do something. I'm going to have to fight or flight. So I'm going to lower my metabolism. I'm going to amp up my fat storage because I'm going to need that energy to mm -hmm. fight or flight. But then we never fight or flight. Yeah. So then we, we never get that release, right? That we maybe once did if we'd had this burst and kind of needed to burn off our own cortisol and adrenaline. So we have these elevated hormones in our, uh, this, this one in particular in our body, and it really throws the whole body out of whack. So how your, your questions, sorry to go off on that. No, there. this is good. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, it's so I wish, again, these are things that I wish I knew earlier that would have saved me some strife and going through these things, but because people think, well, I, you know, I do, you know, I do want to lose weight or I do want to go start a workout program and I'm going to start 
you know, you know, I'm going to eat less or I'm going to start a nutrition plan. And it's not really the first step you should take. The first step you should take is make sure your body is in balance. It's not stressed. Mm. And how we do that with life still humming around us is by taking a look at our four health pillars. One is sleep. So really every 97% of the world needs seven to nine hours of sleep per night. If you are not getting that, it is not a good idea to start picking up a hard workout program. Yes, mm -hmm. you should walk and move your body every day. Yes, you should do, because those are also good things that help sleep and help us feel good and calm our minds. But, you know, trying to go to CrossFit when you haven't slept for at least seven hours is really counterproductive. Um, the second thing is, uh, is, is movement, as I said in, in there, and it is still really important to move, whether that is yoga or whether that is, um, you know, a walk or dancing or just something that can be gentle on the body. You know, if you're in a stressed out state, doing something gentle is really important still to move and get those endorphins going. But ultimately, when we actually are in our bleed, in our period, we really shouldn't be doing anything more than that because our body is busy taking care of it's like it's already running a marathon and now you're yeah. going to have something else on it what we should be doing is opting either opting out completely having a walk doing some yoga something gentle on the body um so there's ways to actually cycle sync your workouts with that to make sure you're not adding stress to the body um, so you can work again you can work sleep you know sleep and movement we work around like our school schedule we work around our work schedule and life um, but it's got to be a priority and then we have uh nutrition as a key pillar so obviously nutrition is something we get to control a little bit more because we get to decide what we're going to eat and when we're going to eat and um, a couple of you know there's a lot to nutrition of course but some of my favorite things to share with people is that the fastest way to imbalance your body is to mismanage your blood sugar. And we do that by skipping meals. We do that by, you know, um, having caffeine on an empty stomach. So those are sort of my first two things I say to people is like, when you wake up, you can have some like warm water with lemon, but you really should be eating breakfast within 90 minutes. And if you have caffeine, it should be with breakfast or after you know whereas this we're in this culture where everyone's like wake up don't eat for like four or five hours you know have a coffee and it's like that reeks mega yeah. on the female body um and when you dig into that research that's what you, you learn it's pretty rampant everywhere but that's not what we get from marketing we yeah get, you know intermittent fasting and i was gonna say yeah okay <laughs> Yeah. That was something like when I was noticing a weight gain, I was like, well, maybe I should try this. I see everyone talking about it. And I just could not like, so I was laughing while you were saying that because I definitely am a type like my first thing in the morning is get up. I turn on the kettle for coffee or tea or something. And today is actually like the first day and I can't remember how long I'm going to actually have three meals. Um, but typically I do like to snack and things throughout the day. Like I'll grab a Clementine or a baby bell cheese or something and I'll have something. It's just really hard for me mentally to get around the idea of fasting in that way. And I just never could, it just didn't feel right for me. And I, I am sure that people have great success with it. I, I hear people talk about it all the time, but I just was kind of like, this can't be like the best way for me at least to go about this. Yeah, no, I you know, I agree. If you, particularly if you're living in a stressed out body, it is the wrong way to go about it. But, um, you know, intermittent fasting for women, I mean, most of us don't eat from like 8 p.m. till 8 a.m. I mean, that's a fast. And that's okay. 
Uh, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> I, I kept trying in my head. I'm like, how can I cut corners and do the math here and make it work? And I'm like, I don't even wake up and, and eat before 8 a.m. So it, it's kind of happening already, I guess. It is your body, you know, it's ideal not to eat too closely to bed. Like that's one of the like the benefits of having, you know, three very clear meals is that you can have a satisfying meal, have time to digest it before you go to bed. And then again, that automatically extends that fast very naturally. And then what the benefits of fasting really should be that it allows your body to heal itself. And so there's no inflammation in the body and because inflammation causes weight gain, causes this disease, causes all the other things. And that's really where the benefit comes. Um, but intermittent fasting specifically to lose weight is more challenging because um, like you said, it's just the wrong reason to intermittent fast. Mm -hmm. Not what it was, fasting was originally designed for healing and not weight loss. So it's a mixed message, I think, in the industry. And there is very little research that shows that anything more than that, like tw a 12 to 14 hour fast is beneficial. In fact, it's the opposite. It can be really damaging. Yeah, that's really good to know. Yeah. Um, so so first, yeah, is, is uh, wake up, have like lemon water, warm water with lemon is really supportive to the liver, you know, and then eating within 90 minutes and then every three or four hours, make sure you're having a meal or, or a snack kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. So I am someone, I use birth control and I know plenty of people do. And I, I'm wondering what the effects um, of birth control, particularly with hormones, has on this, this cycle. Um, yeah. I use Nexplanon and come November, it'd be time for me to replace it. So I've been kind of like thinking minimally, like what should I be moving to? Do I want to do Nexplanon again? Or, and, and I will say I'm someone who's had like very, I, I would say minimal side effects, but I, I would like to know how it's affecting everything else going on in my body. Yeah, that's a great, great point. So what a lot of women don't realize about birth control, and I used to be on it myself for years and years, um, probably when I was your age, <laughs> is that what birth control does is it keeps us from ovulating. Mm -hmm. um, and I am not in the business of telling people whether it should be on or should not be on birth control, but I'll just tell you what I know now is that when you, there are a lot of benefits to ovulation, right? The ovulation cycle, you know, is this beautiful cycle between a rise in estrogen and, and fall of estrogen and a rise of progesterone. Um, but, and what it does is it stops ovulation from happening. And there are plenty of studies that show ovulation is beneficial to, you know, future, you know, being able to fight cancer, being able to fight mm. Alzheimer's and mental illness and things like that. So there's a lot of value to like letting your body properly ovulate. So if birth control is important, you know, a non-hormonal birth control can be an ideal situation if you want to be properly cycle syncing. So it does mm -hmm. impact it. Yeah. However, what I like to say to people is like, ultimately, you know, if you're on the pill, there's this, you have a bleed week and that's actually, we think, oh, it's our period, but it's really just a withdrawal happening because we're not taking them. So your body bleeds because it's in withdrawal from the medicine, but it's not actually have, it's not actually doing what a period normally does. Okay. Um, so what I like to say is if, if it's important to you to be on hormonal birth control and you are healthy otherwise, like you're not having any other issues, that you know you can cycle sync with the moon um, because I still think women again I think women forever have this connection to Mother Earth we have this connection to the moon we've got connection to spirit like to the world and how you can cycle sync with the moon is that the week that there is no moon which is called the new moon it would be your menstrual week 
and the week after that is your follicular and then the week after that which would typically be the full moon in the sky is your ovulation week followed by your luteal phase so you can still cycle sync that way assuming you have a like you know like you have a rhythm because we do still need those seasons i think within us um but i always like to tell my clients too you know if if the reason you're on the pill is, or birth control is because you had other issues, sometimes it's important to get a little deeper and fix those issues um, as opposed to just kind of masking the issues. Cause we okay. should be able to like 99% of the time improve whatever issues you had hormonally through nutrition and fitness and rest. And the last piece is mindset. Um, but again, that's, it's really up to people. And I think if you, yeah. at the beginning of this, if you feel good, you know, I think that's what, that's what matters in life. Yeah. You feel good. And that, you know, if you feel good, then, you know, that's. Yeah. Good. I always feel good just knowing what's happening so I can act in a more intentional way. Even if I do make the same decision, I like knowing that I did it with a little bit more knowledge and I researched a little bit more and I definitely like always research whatever goes into my body but I feel like you just a lot of times you just don't know what you don't know so this is like a very helpful conversation so I want to ask I'm 24 and I feel like a lot of the listeners are in that 18 to 30 range as well what do you wish you had known I know this this whole like interview you've been saying like this would have been helpful but is there anything that you feel like you wish someone had told you when you were that age that you think would be useful like a, a parting piece of advice I love that. I love that. I mean, you give such great advice already on this podcast. <laughs> I I wish I had understood how, I wish I had understood this piece about having an infradian rhythm and how powerful that is because learning it before I had children, I think it would save, you know, I work with women all the time who are and at my age and older, they feel pretty crummy in their bodies. They're wanting so desperately to feel now that they have time to think a little bit more because they're now, you know, fast forward you 20 years, you've had kids, your kids are like, you know, settled a little bit more in life in school. They're not babies anymore. And, you know, all of a sudden it's like, oh, I put myself last for so long. But I think if we understood this piece about ourselves and honored it, if I knew that then, I think I would have made a lot of different decisions and never had to shove myself to the back burner or hustle through. Mm -hmm. I think that, and, and I guess to sum that up, <laughs> sorry, I can be long-winded. No, but that's good. <laughs> sum that up. My favorite quote these days is mother nature never rushes, but everything gets done. Mm. And that is how our body operates. So we get all these messages in the world right now, you know, they're on t-shirts and memes and coffee cups and it's like hustle hard mm -hmm. and race the suck, do more, go until, you know, like you need grit and listen, grit's important, you know, knowing that like fall down seven and stand up eight. I'm all about that. But I don't think like there are times, like you said, if your body is telling you, mm, I don't know, listen to your body. And I think I wish I had been given permission, I guess, to, to believe what my body was telling me already. Yeah. Sometimes we're like, oh no, I, I can't, I can't trust what my body is saying. Trust what your body is saying. It knows. So that's yeah. my, 
I love that quote. I, I was working on a project before we hopped on this call. And as it got closer to four o'clock, I was like, oh my God, I'm not going to finish. And I have been harping on adding a buffer hour to your schedule simply for when things go longer, or when you're interrupted. So I had to stop myself and say, why are you feeling rushed? Why are you feeling stressed out about it? Like I felt my heart beating faster. And I have to say like, you have, you have the buffer hour for this reason. It will be completed. You will get done. Just kind of ease through the schedule. It's fine. You're good. So I think that's such a, a useful quote and a reminder for everyone. So thank you so much for sharing that. Where can people find you online? Oh, thank you so much. Okay. <laughs> they can find me on Instagram at Bria.Evenson. Uh, so B-R-I-A dot E-V-E-N-S-O-N. You know, from there, you can get to my website, you can get to my freebies, you can get to my links, and we can certainly connect in any way. But thank you so much for having me, Maya. I really appreciate it. And I love what you're doing here. Thank you so much. And I will have all that information in the show notes as well for people to be able to find. Awesome. Thank you again. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Gentler. If you enjoyed it, please give it a rate and review in Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Instagram for more self-care advice at GentlerPod and check out our website for more info, www.begentler.com. Talk to you all soon. Bye.